We're on Friday Night Live. I've got my favourite partner in crime with me, Mr. Mark Vittori. You're the boys. How are you? Yes, thy gents, as we like to say occasionally <laughs> from time to time. Now, today's episode is going to be super interesting because we've got a whole bunch of things to talk about, but we're going to keep short, yeah. sharp to the point so that you can carry on with your Friday night and your upcoming weekend if you've got any shenanigans planned. So um, I think what today's episode, Mark, is going to be all about is the changing tides in the market. Now, when I say changing tides in the market, what we've noticed more often than not is we in the investment game always get this question right. The question is, um, Sean, Mark, Cash, Ryan, is it always the right time to be buying right now? And um, our responses are always different because we know this. It depends on everyone's individualized strategy. Like this morning, we were having a really in-depth chat with um, one of these higher net worth clients who's not really used leverage to the best of their abilities thus far, mm. but if you go out there and just approach that by saying, yes, you know, buy this sort of gold asset, it might not be the right time in their journey for what they should be buying, right? So everyone's got their own unique strategy and we understand that. So what today's episode is going to be about is debunking some of the myths that we commonly see in property where, yes, there is always a good time to enter the market, but it depends on what kind of market you enter and what sort of framework you should be entering as well. So my name's Sean Floyd, been with JR for since forever. And Mark's over here, Mr. Mark Vittori. How was your week? It was very good. Very good to say the least. It's been yeah. very busy. Uh, it's been my, my, what was my famous word? Cracker. Cracker. Yeah, yeah that's cracker. the one. Yeah. No, it's been good. It's been, it's, it's, a, it's a very good market, different market at the moment. And I think we're starting to see um, the big boys come out. That's mm. probably been the, uh, the, the note of the week. Right. The big boys are starting to pop out. Right. What I've noticed is that, that um, you know, we were having this conversation earlier in the day with someone else and um, we, we were saying to them, you know, everyone can make money and be paper wealthy in a booming market, right? Correct. What, however, separates the, the men from the boys is making money in a market where it's not so easy to make money. Mm. You know, how do you really get that edge of making profit in a plummeting market. And I've recently done, thanks so much to Ryan as well, by the way, producer Ryan, hats off to you, mate, because you, you're patient enough to allow me to come up with a bit of a strategy around creating a really nice masterclass called Profiting in Plummeting Markets, which I hope if you're at home, you get some spare time to watch. Um, super interesting stuff. And we cover a lot of things framework related in that as well. So um, get in touch with us if you are thinking about, you know, entering the market at a time where regardless of macroeconomic strategy, mm. based on your, your personal goals, you still have so many opportunities to make money in the Australian landscape. You just have to be mindful of what's been going on. So um, I think Kesha shared some some really exciting things with us. He's not with us today. He will be actually overseas very soon um, and coming back. So I think Friday Night Live is going to be just you and me for the next couple of weeks. It is, yeah. Which is very exciting. Buckle uh, up, everyone. Buckle up. Buckle up. The only thing I can say about what Mark and I might bring to the table is just keeping things really short and really sharp and to the point, yeah. um, which is, yeah, we've all got 100 things to do. And plus... Um, I don't have as many stories as Kesh does. Kesh has a lot better stories than I do. I think he has 100 times better stories than what you do as well, Mark, to be honest. But uh, it's going to be a fun one. So let's let's maybe kick off with a, with a really fun question, Mark. You always do State of the Market. If you haven't stayed tuned with State of the Market, you can always find it with us um, on, I think, our YouTube channel, if I'm not wrong, uh, Producer Ryan. Our YouTube channel's got State of the Market every single week. I think, Ryan, you do it with our lovely Jennifer Bedol back end as well. Um, and you hear a lot of things about the changing tides in the market from a front line in the business. Now, 
what are some of the questions you're getting asked from an investor perspective? And then maybe we can together brainstorm what the right sort of answer to those questions might be. So let's let's just maybe throw some things out there. What is the feedback you're hearing from the general market consensus? At the yeah, moment? look, I think it's very straightforward, uh, very relevant to the market at the time because questions that usually get asked uh, in, in my position of the field here is usually quite relevant to what's going on in the market at the time. First thing I think right now more than ever is on pretty much everyone's lips is interest rates. Mm. Um, second one I feel like that does pop up quite a lot is, you know, should I wait another six, 12 months until the, you know, the further cooling of the market happens? Right. And then, um, you know, again, just, just general conversation around, um, you know, what what is the right type of asset to buy in this changing market as well because one thing i think we can certainly both agree on together is that you know if we look over the last 20 years let's just go back to the uh, year 2000 mm-hmm. um dwellings uh investment demand rental demand owner occupied demand that's all very very different back then uh and what was trending you know we weren't seeing blocks of apartments being two three four hundred you know apartments in a building at one time uh being built back in the year 2000 of course it was you know yeah. In certain parts of Sydney, let's say as an example, mm-hmm. yes, you would see that. But, you know, uh, we're seeing a lot more of it happen now in outer regions. So, you know, you get that question, you know, what's better to buy, an apartment, a house, mm-hmm. you know, a, a commercial asset, a residential asset. So that's pretty much a lot of what I come across at the moment. But it's, it's super interesting you mentioned interest rates, right? Because interest rates are going up, and fair enough, I'm so glad they're going up. It's about time. Mm. Um, what we had over there for that little temporary two-year period, which people forget to realize, was an intentional stimulus play yep. to support the country to get out of an economic slump. Yep. Um, people that people that sometimes you know live in la-la land or fairy tale land that assume that interest rates were going to be that low forever have lost their marbles. Mm. But uh, I saw a really interesting post that I don't know if you had shared this or, or you had maybe liked someone that shared this post, which was talking about maybe alluding to the fact that, yes, interest rates are on the on the, the rapid rise to curb what's even more rapid inflation right now. However, what we're also noticing is that it doesn't mean they're going to rise indefinitely. Mm. And when that correction comes back down, even in the interest rate market, what I learned from watching a US-related video was that Markets go extremely uncertain when those Fed rates become unpredictable. Mm. So the prediction right now is they're going to rise, which they have been, and so have the Australian RBA rates. However, once inflation gets under control, there is a giant looming fear of something called deflation mm. about to hit our shores as well. Real estate going up in value 10 20% in a year is something that we have seen in the past, mm. and it's just something that repeated itself again this time around. Have you ever seen used car prices rise the way they did in the last two years? No. We haven't, no. No chance. Those things correcting is a matter of time. Mm. Uh, I was watching some things about the US car dealer market where dealers are being stubborn. They're leaving stock on the floor for for sometimes uh, 60 days, 100 days at a time, and they're just refusing to move them. Mm. However, dealers that are on the upper hand that understand how financial markets affect their sales and business flow are actually getting rid of stock on a loss. They're actually just pushing it, saying, get rid of it, get ready for the new stock, Mm. renegotiate everything. Now... My only bit of advice for people, um, obviously general only, not not specific advice, but my general train of thought is that 
interest rates at the end of the day are one of the macro factors when you're buying an investment property. Now, yes. for everyone at home that's watching this, there's something called a macro headline and there's something called a micro headline as well. Mm. So in order to make money in real estate, you know, I keep saying this to a lot of my clients, Mark, and, and what I say is that special day where you have a home paid off, where you have recently gotten a promotion, mm. where income's the best it's ever been, and you have a spare $250,000 in your account and the day where your kids are on their best behavior and the media is extremely supportive of property investing, never comes. The reality is that day just never comes. So what I've noticed looking back in every single buying round we've done in acquisitions for our clients is that mm. every year there was a theme. So theme might be GFC. Yep. Theme might be banking royal commission. Theme mm. might be Biden versus Trump. Theme might be COVID. Theme might be inflation. Theme might be interest rates rising. Real estate through all those anomalies has done one thing, which is rise, correct, stay steady, rise, correct, stay steady. Mm. So the good thing is that Australia is such a blessed land that there are micro markets within capital markets where Demand is here, but today's supply is only here. Mm. And I want everyone to just capitalize on it and not rely on lending power shrinking when they're not exposing themselves enough to the market exposure. Because what happens is when interest rates eventually do tick downwards again, everyone's going to go on a frenzy. Mm -hmm. But you're late to the party if you only act on going into the frenzy at that time. You're paying premiums again for houses. Right now, if it's discount season, go hard and and work with someone who's able to bargain on your behalf. That's that's what I would recommend. Mm. Because getting that exposure in the market today means that the equity uplift that comes when interest rates eventually drop or correct means that you've got more to tap into to take advantage of a bigger share. Mm. So where, where men obviously separate themselves from the boys is I feel in challenging times um, and more so in, in in situations where they're not relying on only macro factors to make money. Mm-hmm. So, um, you, you know, one, one question I wanted to ask you as well is, you're an investor. Um, what can an investor do in terms of preparing themselves for turmoil markets or preparing themselves mm-hmm. sometimes that personal hiccups come in the way where things don't go exactly according to plan? What would your general advice be for someone who's, Yep, knows they're behind and they're late and they need to get ahead in the market. But let's say that in an uncertain market, what's the best sort of strategic steps to follow to still be an investor? Hmm. Well, I think I said this last week, maybe, or even the week before, but Hmm. a very simple task of track yourself, track your numbers, find out where you're at right now. Look at the worst case scenario. Take, you know, a dedicated two, three, four weeks, however long it may be, just to get a general scope of the market. So if you have, let's say, a mortgage broker friend, for example, give them a call and ask them and say, hey, listen, I'm in the early stages of my studying right now. Uh, I want to know the market on on my terms, not being told by anyone else because I can make my own decisions for myself. Can you give me an update on where we're seeing rates on average for an investor looking to put down a 20% deposit, 10%, whatever it may be? Because they're going to vary, correct? Mm-hmm. Get those little micro type of understandings. Personally speaking, I would put them together, very basic spreadsheet or even just Word document, whatever, and just write it down, handwrite it down, and look at what your worst case scenario is going to look like. What is it going to look like to upkeep the property on a monthly basis? Mm-hmm. Understand all the costs associated with it. And if you don't know, call a professional. Mm. We're here every day. Mm. Right? So I think it really comes down to people's actual 
um, uh, discipline to plan on their own accord first and understand the market because you're going to, you know, many, many clients I deal with on a daily basis, you know, uh, when they're new to the company as well, they say, look, you know, what we like about you guys is that we feel like we can trust you yep. because we hear so much going on in the market. So much, oh, you should buy this, you should do this, you should not do this, you shouldn't do that. And they say, we're getting so confused now, we don't know what to do. And we say, well, at the end of the day, I say, you hear me all the time, there is no right or wrong answer in business, mm. right? At the end of the day, it's what you're comfortable with. Yep. So to you know, answer your question, my, my, I guess, crux of the answer is do all your research and planning up front and take some time to look at it as, as a holistic approach mm. and go, Worst case scenario, if interest rates are here instead of here, then guess what? It's only mm. going to cost me an additional $200 a week, mm. or whatever it may be. Which is tax deductible too. Can, can I afford to withstand that? I can. Well, what's the next step? Yeah. And then focus on the next and the next. So, so mm. I, I really boil it down to the simplest things, which is planning to start yeah. with. And, and you know what? You're so right. But, but for everyone at home who's doing planning, don't take what Mark said and then utilize two years to do what he just said. A lot happens in two years. Because in two years, the area profiling that you would have tried to study, A, will not probably fit what you're trying to buy. Yep. I had a review today with someone who, unfortunately, was going through a separation at the time of his acquisition, so he couldn't. So we had set up a budget for <clears throat> about approximately half half a mil to 600K for an acquisition. Mm-hmm. I knew exactly where I was going to position him. And I was just reviewing his numbers, and I said, if we would have bought what we bought early last year... Yep. Today, your asset is now sitting about $680,000. What does that mean? That means that, A, you can't afford to get into that entry point right now. Fair enough. But there are still opportunities to be made because there was a reason the market we were looking at became worth Mm. an uplift of 150, 200K in that short of a time. Mm. And the reason was there are micro and macro identification factors to look out for, which we cover all the time. Mm. Um, Now, uh, let's say, okay, cool. That's fair enough. Now, what do you think, Mark, is a reasonable time frame for someone who's in the process? You're, you've got a big book of clients right now. In your book of clients, let's say someone's new, completely fresh, never picked up an investment before, never owned a home, and they want to plan their investing journey to be to be done the right way. What are the phases involved in that planning journey to go from, A, the intention of realizing that, hey, I want to do something, to B, saying, I'm celebrating because I'm an investor, I'm in the market, and hey, the fears that I thought were there are not that big anyway. Mm. They're manageable, they're easy to to track. What do you think that timeline process should be from going, I want to be an investor, to hey, I'm actually an investor, I haven't just been dreaming about it or fluffing about it for for, Mm. for six years? Mm. Two months, eight weeks. I like that. That's it. What happens in those in those eight weeks? Give us a rough rundown of what you usually look after from your book. Well, think break it down into simple stages. We need to plan. How long do we need to plan for? Mm. We can understand what the market's doing now. We can look at what it's done over the last 100 years, and we look and can at least forecast over the next 100 years to come, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Maybe not that long, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, right. And look, I think at the end of the day, we don't need longer. If we're fully dedicated, of course, we don't need longer than a couple of weeks to do that. Yep. Because when I do something, I submerse myself in it mm. and I you know, almost don't sleep over it until I understand everything. Mm. So a couple of weeks up front to understand you know, what we're trying to target, what the milestones need to be, so on and so forth. From an acquisition point of view, of course, there's no secret source, there's no time, but allow yourself anywhere between, um, let's say, four to six weeks, I would probably say. Mm. Uh, basically, study two and then up to six 
in acquiring the property. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you find yourself as an investor. So yeah. I think uh, th- there's not much to it. We, we, we do overcomplicate it. Of course, of course, because the reason I was asking about the time-based element, Mark, is there are people who tell me stupid things like, I'm working on my numbers, I need a couple of months. Mm. And me personally, I know, because I'm heading the acquisitions team, I know how fast a market can move in two months. Correct. We're not talking 100 bucks. We're not talking 500 bucks. We're talking sometimes the equivalent to the tune of fifteen dollars to $25,000 for an average family. Mm. How fast can an average family save $25,000? We already know the answer to that question. So um, timing is, sure, get your numbers done, get everything done from a personal planning perspective, I would say in one week. Mm. Spend the next week organizing what your potential acquisition planning would be. It's very simple. Um, You know, we build PIA analyses for clients all the time. Um, And now we've got someone dedicated to building those full-time for our clients as well, which I'm really excited about. So Mm. keep up the great work. You know who you are. Keep it up. and, and the answer is, the instructions are simple. Let's build a worst case, let's call it a doomsday or a World War Three scenario if we have mm-hmm. to, of investment, which is, let's put the interest rates two and a half places higher than where they are. Let's put the market rent two and a half steps below where they are. Let's put your, um, your, your vacancy rates two steps higher than where they are. Let's put uh, income growth really low. Let's put inflation really high. Let's see what you come up with. And the answer is, you're always better off investing than not investing. Um, just right. has to be done strategically and done right. So in the nature of today's conversation, which is the, the changing tides of the market, ladies and gentlemen at, at home and or at work or wherever you're watching this from, if you're watching it on the road, props to you. You can treat your, your car as a university as well. And if you listen to all our Friday Night Live episodes, you will have known so much knowledge. Um, one of the best pieces of feedback we got was um, one, of our, one of our teammates, Paulina. Really loved hearing and learning some excellent things, and she's doing a phenomenal job behind the scenes. Thank you. And we love inspiring people to learn basic tweaks and tips and tricks mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. sometimes can make all the, all, all the world of a difference. And I feel that in everyone's property journey, no matter what they're going through, whether you're an experienced investor, whether you're an amateur, everyone I feel deep down just wants a trusted companion who's either done it themselves that can walk them through the process of what they can expect step by step, right? Yep. So in the tune of what's happening right now with a volatile changing tides in the market, I'm actually of the view right now that we're entering what is going to be known officially as one of the greatest buyer season markets of all time. Mm. And Mark, you've been in in investments and and the property industry for a long time. What were some of the themes over time, over the last 5, 10, 15 years? You've been an investor for longer than I think you've worked in the property industry, if I'm not wrong. Uh, personally speaking. So what are some of the themes you've noticed from biopsychology and themes from the open market stigma around property from like day dot till today? What are, mm. what are some of those, those themes that you've seen? Because you've seen buying rounds, you've seen mm. selling rounds. Mm. And um, yeah, imagine imagine you're an investor and you could you know consolidate all that experience and we just throw it to someone as a free gift right now on Friday night for someone to just take it all in and soak up the information. I, I live by this saying and I actually see it quite often, uh, whether it be a, a you know a residential commercial market, fortune favours the bold. Okay? Fortune you heard it here first. Well, you heard it here for the 500th time, but yeah. <laughs> but it is true, right? And, and the reason why I say that is because there are guys out there that I've seen time and time and time again, whether they're developing real estate, whether they're just buying it and acquiring it for a, a 
short period of time, a long period of time, uh, they're already up to here in debt and they go, oh, let's make it happen again and do it again. You go, what are you doing? You're going to lose it all. And then they go, well, I've just done this, this, this. And all of a sudden, it just it, it opens the, the, the gates to, to heavenly freedom, we'll call it, right? Yeah. They, they, just, they just magically make it happen. And, you know, I guess that's purely because there's no... Um, the risk is mitigated, but it's understood and said, right, can I achieve what I'm looking to achieve? Yes. What's my hurdle? Not much right now. Go. Mm. And, that, and that, that, that's what I've seen in my experiences. What I've also seen are those that will take any economic situation and use it as the next hurdle that they'll put in front of them. So it's like, it's like the guy that's riding the bicycle and he puts a stick through there and he falls over the bike and he blames someone else for it. I don't know if you've seen that meme. No, I you haven't. But, but I know that I, I used to, when I was young, um, we used to have our, our friends try try to pretend that we used to practice spearing. Yeah. So practicing spearing was if you're good at spearing, then while one of our mates are riding the bike, you'll spear yeah, it and yeah, yeah. they'll topple. So so we used to do that with, with consent, of course. It was not a, uh, a torturous... Uh, 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 you know, anomaly or anything. So, with consent, but yeah, carry on. No, I'm just uh, look. It, it's 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 pretty straightforward. People play the the victim mentality, I guess, within uh, the real estate side of things, and and that's the pattern I've seen. Mm. Is the guys that get ahead are the guys that just make the decision and stick to the decision, right? They don't care if rates are going to jack up on them by twenty percent. You know, yeah, but the weird thing is, the Australian government's not going to do that to people anyway. No, not. They can't afford to do it because. Can I say something? As well? Absolutely. One thing I have seen from my my network within the finance space, and they, and they always tell me from time to time, the pattern that's starting to happen right now, even in the last three months, we've received these three consecutive rate uh, rate hikes. Mm. Towards the back end of the the month, just before that next Tuesday comes along, guess what the banks do? Oh, we've got a new rate announcement. Mm. Shave, 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 and they all reduce it by maybe half a percent or a quarter of a percent. Really, a little, a little, a, a minimal amount. A smidge for new customers, I'm assuming. Yeah, always new customers. To trap of them course, in. yeah, always yeah, new customers. Yeah, yeah. But they're doing that because at the end of the day, it will always still be a race to the bottom when it comes to finance, finance, or maybe not just finance, but just price, right? When you want to be better in the market, sometimes you have to just resort to saying, I'm no different to the million other people out there. We need to be the cheapest. So banks are currently doing that right now. Phenomenal. And and this is what people don't know because the the news is not telling them that part. They're just telling them how bad it's going to be. Uh, I think we've got episodes on the media that you guys can check out in the past anyway, so please have a look at the media episodes and look back, but... As but this is, this, is the, this is what I'm saying. So these are even patterns that are happening right before us that no one's picking up on. Mm. Okay. So, you know, that that's why, again, I say to people, you know, you know, be a little bit more aggressive in your approach because the, the, the banks, the government, no one wants to take your property off you. Yeah, it's, right. It's too hard to then put it back on the market, recoup funds. Why would they want to do that? They want to make a return on their money and that's it. Yep. I was having, having a super interesting conversation with a with a financial planner, um, actually one of the financial planners that we know together really yes. well. Switched on bloke, um, won't get too into it, but you know the Australian government can't afford to pay everyone's pension. And when I say can't yep. afford to do it, this is a, a running thing that we speak about all the time, but to a level where they really detest paying people's mm, pensions. Mm. Um, you know the the asset threshold that you're meant to have for something where you qualify for the pensions getting worse off and, well, worse off obviously where you have to have more wealth. Um, they're pushing back those retirement ages and that pension is just genuinely the government's biggest bill, welfare and pension. Mm. Um, and, and the best way to 
to be able to do this, I think that was our, our rapid fire reminder. So rapid fires are coming up soon, ladies and gentlemen. But um, yeah, one of the biggest things is that the government is so heavy in investing in encouraging people to pay extra into their super, mm. um, invest in assets, give tax breaks for primary market style properties, because if it keeps up with the way it's gone, and especially with that free money pumping that just happened in the last mm. two years, there's going to be a giant bill that's just going to shock everyone. And then, you know, people talk about house of cards. Mm. Everything has always been a house of cards forever, all the time. Absolutely. Let's not pretend like, okay, it's a house of cards now because mm. it's gone too far. We went too far the minute everything fell off the, the gold standard anyway. Mm. So let's not kid, kid ourselves. Mm. The idea is whatever's happening in the market, how are you taking advantage of it? So let's position yourself where, okay, interest rates are rising. You've got growth in your portfolio. Do you sit there and just say, well, there's no more growth now, so I'm going to do nothing? Or would you just double down on cash flow? Or if you had cash flow, would you focus on undersupplied markets? So what's... Yeah. Let's maybe maybe share some thoughts on on what you'd say to people that yeah you know take those themes in but try to word the question the best way possible here um, uh, or maybe we can even hunt for a for a producer based question uh, do you have any any sneaky questions on your end at the moment no okay I'll speak to you later don't worry we'll add those questions in for next week but but what would you say to people that that love blaming systems and blaming themes at the moment for their actions because. You know, you speak about this a lot, Mark, which is taking responsibility for what you're doing. Once you make a decision, just stick to it, right? Things happen along the way, and I know not everything's rock solid, but if there was a psychology system to follow for investment decision-making, what would something like that ideally look like for the average buyer? What it should look like, I think, is always looking at what the end result is going to be. End result, okay. Yeah. Um, I think that comes down to the seven... Um, Habits of uh, su- uh, successful people or highly seven people? seven habits of highly effective people effective people sorry uh, and Stephen R Covey correct and it's always about keeping the the uh, the vision in mind and the vision in mind is obviously the end result so what is what are we doing this for are we investing to whinge about interest rates or are we investing in order to have assets that are going to give us a lifestyle that we are desiring and you know what the funniest thing is ladies and gentlemen interest rates going up actually helps our biggest age group in the country which is the people that are above the age of 45 or 55 because they've actually spent so much time building wealth. Now they can actually park it in earning passive income. What's wrong with high interest rates? So we might share something up on the screen over here real quick, ladies and gentlemen, which is all about saying, um, all about saying pretty much, okay, uh, this will come up on the screen, but you can see that over time, the history and rise of interest rates and the correction of interest rates, property have boomed regardless during rate rises, uh, inflation, inflationary anomalies as well. So the idea is whatever you're doing personally is to just take advantage and do everything based on your strategy. If you don't have a strategy, speak to someone, get in touch with someone mm. to create a strategy. And it's always personalized because there's, you know, there's things like those three phases. You've got your acquisitions, your consolidation exit. There's also timeline. For example, if you've already got growth, should you be focusing on cash flow, vice versa. So mm. limitless, endless amount of things um, to do. So what we'll do is just in kicking off, wrapping up um, Friday Night Live, is there anything you wanted to quickly share from your learnings over the past seven uh, days, Mark, or everything looking okay from your end for now? Look, I think it's it's certainly a, a something that's going to be changing week to week mm-hmm. uh, with the market that's out there. Um, again, you know, I, I don't think we can say it enough here is, guys, just get into the market. Uh, whether you're ready or not, start the planning. And if you're not ready right now from a financial standpoint, at least 
know where to begin when you are in that position. Mm. Right? That, that's something I encourage to a lot of people. And I've found a lot of people, I've had a lot of people kind of, you know, holding back at the moment as well, saying, oh, I don't believe there's much I can do. And I say, well, there's always something you can do. That's right. There's, there's always, always something you can do. There's always. I so, love that. you know, make sure, uh, you know, investor or just normal human being apply something, yeah. right, to, to begin that journey some way or another. Because, yes, we can put it off for another six months, 12 months, 18 months, two, 10 years. It's Who like knows with any years. goal, right? Fitness, reading, learning. And regardless of if markets go up or down, or as Kesh says, sideways, it does not matter. Right? <laughs> but regardless of all of that, it's it does not matter because guess what? You still don't know where you're starting. Yep. And if that's the case, well, again, you're just burning more time. Yeah. And just if that's the case, then be real with yourself and say, this is not for me. Yeah, and be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself saying, this is not for me. I'm happy to be a simp for the rest of my life. And sure, take pride in it. Take Correct. ownership yes. in it. Don't pretend that you want to be a heavy hitter and then yeah. make decisions that don't back it up. Yes. That's the idea here, exactly. ladies and gentlemen. And with that being said, rapid round Robin's time. Mark, are you ready for this? It's okay. going to be a quick answer. What was your favorite meal all week? Burrito. <laughs> you know, short, sharp, convenient, to the point. Allows him to do what he does best, which is serve you all. Now, my Burrito favorite meal was... It was actually a chicken and mushroom crepe with a side dish of grilled chicken. Oh, oh God. That was... Heavenly. Goodness me. Goodness me indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you all with us again. Friday Night Live, we are your co-hosts, Mark Vittori and the lovely Sean Floyd. It has been a pleasure. God bless. Have a great weekend.